This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good evening, listeners. How lovely it is to be with you again. The second year of the new year. We trust that you have oh, the second week of the new year. Oopsie. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> we, we trust that you're still having a good time uh, and preparing as everybody. Everything is going to get started again soon. Mm, so many mm, people mm. are on their way back from holiday. Some of you have probably just arrived and are getting ready um, to get into this new year of 2022. Yeah. And school will be starting soon. Yes. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And we are so happy to welcome Andre LaRue here with us today. Uh, He's going to tell us a little bit more about his story. And as we promised last week in the program, we said that we're going to talk about substance addictions and process addictions, just as a bird's eye view again, the beginning of the year, as we move into the small uh, part of the pizza. Last week, I explained that I see the whole thing, the whole theme as a pizza and then a pizza with many small pieces. So during the year, we often have one slice, then we look at one specific, specific sub-team, sub-theme as part of the theme of addiction. But as we kick off the year, we just want to start overall again with, with what, is the, what are the differences between substance addiction and process addiction. But before we get into that, Andre, welcome. Thank you. Thanks. Good evening and evening to the listeners. Yes, we're so happy to have you with us. So maybe you can tell us a little bit of your story. How did you get involved as a professional in addiction? Okay. What I did is after qualifying as a co-worker, one of the first jobs that I took, it was the first uh, advert I actually, actually saw as a social worker, was in a Christian rehab in KwaZulu-Natal. Um, and I went there and worked there for a number of years, and it really introduced me to the, the field of uh, addiction. And many years later, I'm actually uh, competing for the 30 years in, in the field. Wow. Um, and it's been a very interesting journey just to see how the field of addiction is changed, um, you know, going back to the early 90s and what we're dealing with now in 2022 is completely different. Mm. Mm. Can you tell us something of that? I'm, I'm interested to hear. Yes. Well, in, initially, because of our social standing in, in the world, what we were seeing is mostly alcohol abuse, tablet abuse, and of course, uh, cannabis and, and mandrakes. But as the country went through its changes, what uh, started to happen is that especially drugs kind of flooded uh, uh, over the, the borders because we were open to the international reality of addiction. So we started to see more cocaine, uh, heroin, um, and of course, when internet surfaced, uh, you started seeing, uh, you know, addictions in that line. You also started to see, uh, you know, with the existence of uh, uh, gambling places, that gambling became a, a problem. So I think that very early in my career, I started to see that addiction is um, 
like a virus, I guess I could say yes. it really. Um, it affects people, it hooks some people, um, and at the end of the day, um, it just causes such destruction to not just the person, but also to their whole environment because there is a ripple effect on other people's lives. Absolutely. So it's, yeah, so it's been very interesting also to see um, you know, us become part of the world in the sense of we needed the skills uh, to treat addiction that uh, the world had already developed. Mm. So we had to up- upgrade and upskill ourselves tremendously um, and have both a very good international uh, reputation as an uh, addiction treatment uh, zone. Great. I want to hear so, about now, but just before you continue, I just want to zone in a little bit on the word virus because yes. I think all of us are so aware of virus now during the yeah. pandemic, the past two years, that yes. we've spoken and we've seen the devastating effects of a virus and how contagious yeah. it is and what happens to it. And and we've all experienced some people that got devastatingly ill and others maybe just yeah. a little ill. So I, I love it. I think it's a beautiful metaphor mm. for addiction. Mm. I've never thought mm. about it like that. And yeah. how and it gives a, a picture of how it affects us. Yeah, Sukiya, I'm just thinking, um, oh, by the way, also very, very welcome from my side, Andre. Um, Thank you. Thank you. I'm just thinking that the addictions um, are very much or the the symptoms and the results of the yeah. virus and and the addiction yeah. are often very, very similar. People yeah. can become very ill, other people die or mm-hmm. if they don't yeah. die physically, they die in their relationships and yeah, sure. and they go into downward spirals of of shame yeah. and guilt and depression. Yeah. And actually a cause of death is maybe not from the substance or from the addiction, but all of the side effects Mm. that come with that. Liver disease and all that Mm. that comes with alcohol abuse, I was thinking. You were mentioning, just before I stop you to talk about virus, you were mentioning about the treatment that had changed over the years and that we have a lot of credibility also in the world now when it comes to treatment for addiction. Uh, Maybe you can tell us more about that. Yes, so what we've needed to develop is is to understand not just, um, you know, the build-up to somebody's um, addiction, but to understand, uh, you know, what comes with it is a whole lot of denial and blaming and Mm -hmm. justifying. Um, But at the end of the day, it it is something that people can uh, hopefully treat and be treated but you've got to look at all the impact of, of it on a person's self-worth, uh, mental state, family, relationships, finances. It, it's got a huge impact. And uh, it's, it's a great privilege to be able to be in addiction treatment. But very often the challenge comes when somebody's in uh, going back home mm. and actually face, faces the same old triggers mm. and same difficulties, you know, and that's really probably uh, the challenge is being able to prepare somebody for those uh, situations mm. and to prepare the 
receiving parties of exactly the, the same thing. Yes, you know, um, Andre, in this program we had several, we always have a theme every month, and we had several themes, like the one month yeah. uh, last year we spoke specifically, and I'm also just reminding the listeners if they miss those yeah. programs and they want to go back to that, uh, we spoke specifically about treatment centers. Mm. And then another yeah. month we would speak about um, help that you can get, outpatient help that you mm. can get afterwards yes. and what do you do afterwards yeah. not to fall back. So uh, we, yeah. we tried to, to, do, to, the, uh, to do that, to uh, focus yeah. in and zero, uh, to um, zoom yeah. in on mm. all those different aspects. So listeners, I yeah. just want to remind you to go and listen, to go and go to the podcasts um, you will see the themes of the podcast. I think when we spoke about treatment centers was about October or November last year. Yeah. And yeah. Um, if you just want to get more about treatment centers and then also about leaving the treatment center and so on, we have a lot about that. But it's absolutely true what you say. It's an ongoing thing. And often people go to treatment centers just for a period of time. And then what do yeah. they do? Not only they, but also family members. Mm. Maybe we can just get into yeah. that a bit. Yeah, I'd just like to yeah. mention, thank you, Andre, um, the, the, the family that's involved um, very often, and we say ourselves, and we've heard many of our guest speakers saying that yeah. addiction isn't an individual's problem, it's a family disease, um, yeah. because there have been so many f dysfunctions, perhaps, that have come from the family of origin that it becomes a family issue. And then one of the symptoms is that one or two or maybe even three of the members of that family fall into an addiction or in a codependent relationship. Um, so I'm just, I was, you know, also another thing you, you mentioned is that some people are hooked. So yeah. could could we first talk about, you know, how does the family is affected? And then after that, I'd like us to have a look at how after the break. And, yeah. you know, why do we say only some people are hooked? Um, yeah. It appears that uh, some people are vulnerable um, to addiction. Um, and given the right uh, circumstances, it may develop. Mm. And in that development, there's very often uh, a, a build-up to where a crisis point emerges. Um, and that tri crisis point, people um, have the option to try to seek help or refuse help. Mm -hmm. So it's quite a critical crisis point that many of, of the both addicts and, and their families um, uh, encounter. And, uh, you know, just like alcohol being accessible and available, uh, you know, sort of the internet and the gambling and the shopping and all those processed addictions can develop and manifest. Absolutely. And I think what I've, I've, I've particularly seen is, is that people have a complex addiction picture. Okay. That is often can I more, just... More than yeah. Can I just stop you there? Thank you. We're going to go straight after the right. break. You can tell us about okay. the complex. Uh, I, I'm very okay. interested to hear more about that. Thank you. Okay. Sure. Welcome back, listeners. And so um, you, those of you who have been listening before the break, um, we're talking to Andre LaRue, and he's just talking about 
complex addictions. And I'm very curious, Andre, to hear more about that. Yes. So what we are noticing is that people have a multiplicity of addictive behaviors and chemicals. Um, and very often it's not just a simple story of taking the, the chemicals or the behavior away, but actually teaching them again to uh, different coping skills. You know, so treatment actually is also quite complex because not only are you getting uh, a complex withdrawal scene, but you're also getting that uh, there's some things that this person is going to encounter again that you have to prepare different coping mechanisms for. Can you can you give us an um, example, please, of what you mean? Yes. So, like, for example, stress management. If a person is used to uh, de-stressing with their addictive behavior or chemical, uh, you can take the behavior or the chemical away, but they still need to be taught and develop uh, coping mechanisms. You know, so you would do things like relaxation, you would look at anxiety management, mm -hmm. uh, you know, all of those things in, in helping somebody uh, to to develop skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it, it, it seems as you were talking, I was immediately thinking about emotional intelligence. Because uh, you're talking about stress is just one of the many, many emotions that can be very intense and, and unregulated emotions and feelings are the things that drive yeah. us to medicate or to make us feel better. And that is yeah. when we go to all the inappropriate uh, things that we don't want to do and that we want to stop, but we cannot stop that. Yeah. Mm. And so it's definitely a case of, of uh, you know, people have developed their addictive pattern. It didn't just suddenly emerge. And that they they thought for a long time that it will get better, and maybe the family uh, assumed the, the same thing. But they suddenly get a point where it becomes explicit that this is not okay, it's not working, we need help, we mm. have to do something, we've got to reach out, we've uh, actually, actually obligated uh, to get ourselves and uh, the, the addict some help. Mm. The AA book uh, talks about the gift of depths, desperation, G-O-D, yeah. God. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, for myself, I was, uh, and uh, I still attend SAA meetings for sexual addiction. Yeah. And yeah. my, my journey of re restoration and recovery started when I was in a point of crisis uh, where I was yeah. about to be losing my family, my my yeah. career and, and everything. So yeah. very often the, the addicted person needs to get to that point where they realize yeah. I cannot fix this myself. I need to reach yeah. out to somebody else. Uh, how does that work in the, in the context of the family, Andre? So very often um, there are these crises or red flag points along the uh, development. Mm. And often, um, you know, uh, we often assume or we hope that the family and, and the addict reaches the same uh, point, mm. but often it doesn't necessarily work that way. So 
you could find that the codependent is the first one in, in crisis and then you've got to coach and work them to a point that they actually create the the crisis for mm, the, the, mm, the addict. Uh, just before you continue, yeah. will you please just describe the term codependent? We used it before on the program, but just for some people who might not have heard yeah. it before. Yeah, yeah. Please describe the, the term, the terminology of codependent. Yes, so can the, codependence is really the um, uh, progressive development of a dysfunctional uh, party, you know, it could be the the spouse, it could be the parent, it could be the child, it could even be the employer. Um, but very often, that codependency develops to a point where they actually become dysfunctional, um, and they actually, without even knowing it, uh, support the uh, addiction. Um, and they may not, uh, they, they kind of have their own uh, addictive crisis because their whole life is focused on this one uh, person. Mm. And, uh, you know, the, the danger with the codependence is that they may leave the one addict but be attracted to exactly the same characteristics with exactly. the, the next person. We've spoken yeah. a lot about that in other programs. Yes. It's so true. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so important to do a family um, mm. involvement because everybody's going to develop a sort of self-awareness and uh, self-insight, as, as you said earlier, sort of an emotional uh, development. Mm, mm. Yeah, so that they also understand that their pattern has to change, mm. that as long as they're going to keep doing the same thing, they're going to have the, the same result. Mm. You mm. know, so it's actually a lot of um, uh, assisting people to change the patterns that don't work. Right, mm, right. Mm, mm. And many of us, uh, am I right when I say, many of us never grew up with, with skills for emotional regulation. And that, that includes exactly. the addict and the co-addict, right? Because we were often taught to just negate our, our negative emotions and to let it go. Yeah. And even in Christian circles, what I found myself, I mean, I love the Lord yeah. Jesus, but for many years, I would just not look at my negative emotions. I would just say, yeah. praise God, He's in control. And, and, and until the addiction pattern in our, in our marriage, like the listeners know about it, it's a known yeah. story, our own, you know, so obviously I was yeah. the co-addict or the codependent. But until it had become a big crisis, um, it's only then when I really learned emotional regulation yeah. and how to do this. Because in the culture, it's such a no-no. It's always look yeah. at the bright side, tomorrow will be fine, you know, yeah. don't be negative. What do you say about this? Yes, I do do think, um, you know, Christians are are very vulnerable because, uh, you know, we we grow up in in an environment where certain things are permissible and other things you can't show, Mm. you know, so you've got to learn to hide things, sweep them under the carpet, put a lid on them, um, because that's the expected uh, management. 
that, uh, you know, if we really think about it, uh, um, I don't believe that God creates a perfect life. Mm. He creates people with difficult, difficulties and challenges mm. that they need to overcome. It's part of the sinful and, world we live in, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm. And the church and a, a faith system isn't for perfect people. Mm. You know, so we, very often we have to actually acknowledge that uh, you know, we've got to look inward and find a way of changing um, that is going to create uh, a different scenario. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, thank you so much, Andre. It is so important that um, we see this thing and these addictions and these habits, hurts and hang-ups yeah. in the context of family. And in the context of uh, authentic Christ following yeah. or Christianity, but you yeah. know what, Andre, we are getting to the to the end of our our program today, yeah. and we are definitely going to continue next week. Uh, for example, I'd love us to have a look at the differences between the process and uh, the substance addiction. Mm. And um, uh, a word that came out for me was withdrawal. You mean, do people in process addiction have withdrawal? But let's talk about that next Mm. week. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being with us, Andre, and um, we'd love to talk to you again. Yes, we definitely talk talk to you next week. Just as we go out in very short, those of us that over the holiday season became aware of our hurts and hang-ups and addictions, what positive, just in one or two steps, can you tell people uh, as they go into 2022, what can they do? Yes, I think what they they can do is really just take uh, a break and be introspective. So that, uh, you know, very often the end of the year and the beginning of a new one is a good point to take inventory and take stock. And it's a very valuable time also with family quite often where, uh, you know, if you slow down the the pace somewhat, you can see that the issues and and problems that you need help with Mm. and help is available one just needs to access and find it. Yes, yeah, so people can reach out. That's the whole thing. You're yeah. not alone. We can. Yeah. There are many people. Often when we struggle with these things, we feel we're the only one. But yes. you can reach out and there is help. So with that, we're going to say goodbye, listeners. Uh, talk to you again next week. God and, bless. And please do remember to look up the podcast, www.kpulpit.co.za. Click on podcasts. Click on Into Me See and listen to a previous podcast or send your inf- information or uh, your questions to Frederick Suki at kpulpit.co.za. Have a wonderful week. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.